Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Pickup. Ben and I are kind of filming this again, as I mentioned on our last pod, back-to-back for you guys um, to really just kind of wrap up what's been a wild few weeks in the NBA. Trade deadline was our last episode, so please make sure to tune into that if you want to break down on the biggest trades that happened over the deadline. Today, we are going to be talking about All-Star Weekend. So lots of fun stuff to talk about here, changes to new form or formatting and, and challenges um highlighting those kind of key winners from the challenges and then also the main event right all-star game so jumping right in here let's talk about the rising stars game and we mentioned this on um one of our pods as well they were changing the format to make it a larger pool do four player or four team and then each one each game was going to be a target score similar to what the all-star game does in the fourth quarter so Two teams would play. One team goes, or two teams go first, play that target score. That team who wins goes to the championship game. Next two teams play, play to that target score. Whoever wins goes to the championship game. And then those final two teams play. The only thing I think some people were kind of complaining about was the fact that one team kind of gets screwed and playing a back to back. Now that can be kind of considered a, a, a loss, like a pro or a con, because maybe you're more fresh than the other team. But yeah, you didn't get that rest. But I think the, the only thing I'll say is like at least the second game was to a lower score. First two games were played to 50. The second one in the final was played to 25. And the winner of that team was, was Team Barry. So highlighted by Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, uh, Franz Wagner, Isaac Okoro, Jashawn Tate were some of the key like headliners for that squad. Uh, and they were the ones who had to kind of play that back-to-back, but did end up locking up the win. And Ben, I just absolutely loved this format. I would kind of love to see something like this in All-Star because, one, it could kind of remove the element where we're always talking about snubs because it broadens the field a little bit. And then, two, these, like, almost shorter games, and granted, they could play around with the score a little bit, um, but it's just, like, more competitive for a longer period of time. And like that final game to 25, like they were locking up and playing defense the whole way. Like I, I loved it. Now, is it feasible to go all the way do that for the all-star, like the main event? I don't know. But what were your overall thoughts for the, the rising stars game? Yeah. I mean, I think first it was like, oh, it's, it's a massive improvement from what it used to be. Um, I think the one pro for like doing an all-star is we would get to see kind of all these stars a little more equally. Um, which would be something uh, to consider. My thing is it was tough to end one of those games or on end some of those games on free throws. Um, obviously, there's like pros and cons to like changing that. Um, and it will be interesting to see what the NBA does because they, they played the first games to 50, the last one to 25 to celebrate, you know, NBA 75. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they change with fit or mess with that score at all um, for like next year because they don't really have to honor that. Um, so I I like the change. I think it was a positive change. I I'm not too concerned with like the back to back thing because those first games are kind of a walkthrough for the first little bit there, and then mm. they're gonna lock down for those final like ten points, and that's it. Um, I don't think that should be seen as like a massive disadvantage. 
for one team because it's still an all-star game. It's not like going to be intense throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and I think like as we saw, right, the team who ended up playing that back-to-back won anyway. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's a big, a big deal. I thought it was great to give these G League players some spotlight on that kind of stage. Um, I think that's really cool of the NBA to kind of incorporate that because that is going to be a path that a lot of high school kids choose to go now. And mm-hmm. so if there's incentive for them to kind of get spotlight in an all-star weekend in that game, that could be another reason for the NBA to get these guys to come this path instead of going through the NCAA. Yeah, like it could have been really fun if this was obviously due to last year, like the pandemic, different kind of all-star weekend. But would have been crazy to see someone like Jalen Green or or Kamingo, right, coming from the G League and, and in that kind of format. Like it would have been really cool because those guys were both top 10 picks. Yeah. Um, so I think um, I think overall, like it's great to see the NBA kind of figuring out this target score thing um, because – that also like worked out great. And we'll get into that more with the all-star game again. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of helps keep these things interesting throughout. Yeah. I think that that's one way someone phrased it. And, and like you said, we'll touch on the all-star game a little bit, but it's essentially like you're getting the best players in the world to play like a glorified pickup game and actually take it seriously due to the target store. And it's, it's the best thing. It's, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, overall, loved loved with the Rising Stars format. It was a lot of fun to watch those games, and then like Ben said, kind of distribute the playing time amongst those guys and see everyone really contribute. And and shouts out to Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham, he did win MVP of the game. Now in Cleveland, I know the fans were almost giving him some booze because they wanted Mobley to win, who who did have a good case, but. Uh, I'm not gonna take anything away from Cade because he performed really, really well as essentially the only ball ball handler and then like playmaker for that squad. Um, but it was kind of funny. The crowd, the crowd was favoring their their guys over the weekend, um, which was obviously it was good to see. Um, but it's okay. But shouts out to Cade Cunningham for oh. for winning the MVP of that that Rising Stars format. Yeah, and it's okay. The crowd got to show their love to their guys in the Skills Challenge. They did. And Ben, let's like, let's jump right to that. Right. For the skills challenge. Also, I, I love the creativity. Like I think the NBA does something great and that is they're always looking for ways to improve. And so with the skills challenge, they separated it into different components. Right. So like the dribbling aspect or the passing aspect or the shooting aspect. Right. I think in that aspect or in those strategies, like, or, um, or in those different segments, I apologize, strategy comes into play more, right? So you get to like utilize like the best guys. So for instance, like in the shooting contest, like the Cavs had like Jared Allen go first, not the strongest shooter. And then Evan Mobley. And That's a good then, way to put it. <laughs> and then Darius Garland, right? Um, like anchored with your, your best guy. So I think in terms of that, I, I really liked it. And the fact that we were able to end the, the skills challenge on an Evan Mobley, like half court buzzer essentially was, was just awesome. So I, I loved the format and, and team Cavs did end up winning, but I got to ask Ben, was Giannis sending Thanasis out there to shoot in a, in a one V one from three point range with Darius to advance to the final round, like a huge disappointment to you, or was that just me? 
he's trying to give his brother the platform. You know, <laughs> Giannis gets all the love, you know, get him. But we've seen Giannis in the improved jumper like this year. Like it's not knockdown. Like I think Darius has like much, oh, obviously a better jumper, but for finesse, which I think I heard someone's career three pointers made or something like that. Like it's not a high percentage. Um, I did. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a kind of, this is another thing that goes into it. Like I saw someone else on Twitter, NBA Twitter say, Hey, if we're going to have these guys recreate these iconic shots throughout this shooting challenge, then let's have them shoot it the same way. Mm-hmm. Obviously that would obviously have to increase the timing probably because that makes it immensely more difficult. Yeah. Um, and it's like, how are you really going to say like, Hey, that was good enough. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. Um, I mean, honestly, I would have been for that. Like, show me Evan Mobley doing the Dame dollar, like, deep wave goodbye three and see see how he actually tries to recreate that. It'd be entertainment because uh, he's such a skilled big man. I think he could do it. But obviously, it's not going to look as as fluid on the spot as from coming from a guy like Dame. Um, so I kind of – I actually do love that idea. But I think, again, with the skills challenge, like – First off, shout out Team Cavs because they did get to, like, win over the home crowd, take advantage of that platform, and, and win in front of their fans. But it was just fun to see the different aspects and, and the creativity come into play for, for that particular segment, too. So the next thing I want to touch on is, is three-point slash dunk contest. And two segments here. I'm going to be honest, Ben. Dunk contest didn't leave us much to talk about. Like, shout out. I'll, I will shout out Obi Toppin. Like, he he had some, like, creativity there. But it was a it was a sleeper fest. And I don't know how you can really fix the dunk contest because there's been going on for so long. And, oh, you got, a, you got an idea? Pick me, pick me. Um, Yeah. So, obviously, like, we've had, like, amazing dunk contest with with nba players like most recently obviously zach levine aaron gordon like you want to go back to vince carter nate robinson mj even mj even yeah like but we're just not seeing that kind of talent recently it's it's just like we're not getting the job Morant. like jalen green is an amazing vertical but this year's field just failed to even convert their dunks. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say they were like 25% was their like overall combined. It was bad. Makes like, so I, I think like what the NBA should do is give these guys platforms for like the professional dunkers, the guys that do this for a living, get mm-hmm. them out there. Like they already did that whole TNT dunk show with that, like some of that crew for a little bit. Like get the get the real ones out there, you know. I think that's like they're the professionals of that. And obviously it's fun to see the players we know and love do this stuff and see because they're amazing athletes as well. And they can obviously do stuff that we've never seen before. Like like Aaron Gordon and Zach did in that like 26 iconic 2016 one when they were just kind of having to go overtime dunk to overtime dunk to overtime mm-hmm. dunk. Just coming up with stuff on the fly. But like I feel like there's been too many years around 
Levine and Gordon's back like head to head where we're kind of have this same feeling like how many more can I go back and say like this guy won like I'm pretty sure Simon's won it last year I don't remember anything he anything special from that dunk contest I think the only thing I remember from that is he didn't he try to kiss the rim or he did kiss the rim he might have done that yeah but it wasn't like amazing like I mean not to take away from that but it it doesn't stand out in terms of like that was an, a, a super amazing dunk from all the yeah. contests. And look, like for the players too, like for Obi and, and Anthony, it's like, man, I'm an NBA dunk champion. That's so cool to say. Like mm-hmm. major props to them. They don't get to lose anything because of like the rest of their field or whatever, like fail to do. Yeah, for sure. Like they still get credit as the winners. Like they, they did yeah. the job. But as like a fan service event, I just feel like, the dunk contest can be really hit and miss. I think that's my other thing too, is like um, the other option to getting professional dunkers is to increase the incentive to get guys to play. Like whether that's bonuses or, or some, I don't know, something. Obviously for top tier guys, maybe that doesn't like mean as much because they're already making more money. I don't know. But I think you're right in terms of it does maybe need to, to change because we are routinely, I think, having more conversations like this where it was lackluster in a way compared to the the insane, the incredibles that we that you brought up, um, like a Zach Levine, like Eric Gordon, like Vince Carter, et cetera. So let's jump to the three-point shooting contest, though. I, I think like, in terms of that, it's hard to really mix up shooting. Um, I think it's still like a fun event. And I do want to shout out the winner, Carl Towns, first center to win the three-point contest, and he set the record for 29. I think that was awesome. Um, the NBA actually was really cool, too. Typically, they don't allow players too, to wear their jewelry, and he got to wear a necklace with, like, his mom's name on it when he was shooting, um, who obviously, like, uh, if you guys are, have been following along, uh, he was deeply impacted by – his family was deeply impacted by the pandemic – Considering his mom passed away due to COVID nineteen, so huge props to the NBA for allowing him to do that, and and shout out to Carlton Towns like performing to his absolute best, um, shining for his his mom on that night. But um, the thing I wanted to touch on here, Ben, is is first center to win it, and I think Carl has said like like self proclaimed greatest shooting big man of all time. Just. <laughs> What do you think about his showing, though, to go out there against some of the league's top shooters and actually, like, get the job done? I mean, he made his case. Obviously, you know, props to him. He's extremely talented. I think we just need to see the longevity of it. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Dirk. This guy's in the top 10, and that's underselling it for top scorers in the league. You got a ways to go, Carl. But great performance. I don't think anyone was probably betting on him beforehand. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was as surprised as everyone else. I think to see him actually go out there and and win the thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just it's a it's a cool statement for the evolution of of the game. Yeah, because this think- is. This is what like bigs have to do nowadays. There's it's very rare to get a big who doesn't really have that added to their game. So, and if they Carl, are, they, they have to be really good in other areas. Mm-hmm. So, I think this is just like 
the growth of basketball and that's what we saw with with this and and i think carl is like to be that like face for that that's that's cool because he is he is like a game like that game of his like his talent you would take that to model any modern big like maybe you sure. take, maybe you take a little more here defensively but as far as like offensive games goes it's hard to beat towns when when looking at nba big men no his, his offensive game is it's legit and his shooting is also incredible not just in terms of from a big man but just like his shooting numbers overall are, are great for any player in the league so um yeah it was it was impressive to see i think your your point on where the elite's transitioning and highlighting that is also important because you're right for the for the super skilled and and kind of franchise faces that are big men they kind of need to have this in their repertoire so uh props to carl and t towns but ben let's move to the biggest event of the night obviously the the main thing that people tune into which is the all-star game now, again, with the new format, I think the All-Star game was a resounding success. They had a long, long halftime show. Now, granted, it was a very cool event for the NBA 75th anniversary, highlighting all of the top, like, 75 players um, and, and showcasing them and their achievements and, and highlighting each individual guy, uh, no matter if they were there, present in Cleveland or not. So that was super unique because you don't have those guys all in one space very like very often right maybe a handful of them from time to time but when you're hearing guys like when they're nuts into guards for instance like you got michael jordan you got the late great kobe bryant you got dame lillard you got gary payton jason kidd like steve nash like just history i'm on history of this tremendous players like all in one spot and that's just me like listening off some of the guards um so I think it's just like it was awesome, um, but let's let's talk about the actual game, Ben, because the the <laughs> he stole the show. He got he got booze from the Cleveland crowd when he got announced an intro because there is no love lost for Steph Curry in Cleveland. Um, but phenomenal fifty point game by Curry. He won the MVP. What do you what do you just what are your takeaways from the game, Ben? And and how much fun did you have just watching the insanity that he was on? Yeah, I think um, with this new format, it obviously there's still competitive wise, it's not perfect. Um, we kind sure. of saw that throughout the first half, um, and even in the third quarter, it wasn't amazing. But that's when we had Steph kind of really do his thing. So that's kind of what's special about about these All Star games is to see stuff like this. Like the man broke the record for threes in a game and he was doing it in an unreal fashion pulling up from half court turning away before shots are going in doing both of those in the same shot from half court and looking at trey and Giannis as he walks back like and he did it in three quarters he broke the record in like three quarters not even a full game yeah so i i think the biggest letdown was him not breaking the scoring record but yeah um but i mean that's something like that's an all-star performance we're we're gonna remember forever like that was exceptional and to see his teammates just continuously try to find him like no one else tried to kind of do their thing like it's you're seeing greatness appreciate greatness when players are willing to do that because you know it's not guaranteed like for some people it is guaranteed they get back there like the lebron james is of the world and stuff like that but there's there's also like 
you know, the DeJounte Murray's where you're like, hey, this guy's great. The West is super tough. We've already talked about it for guards with in regards to CJ McCollum. But like, it's like, okay, how many times is are, are these types of guys coming back? Sabonis so was an all-star, but now he now he's not. So mm-hmm. some of these guys have a little more limited experience as far as it goes. And to see the ones out there like during that moment with Steph, because he is one like he is one of the top 75. Like we've we saw yeah. that. So um to see them all like kind of take a step back and let him keep doing his thing, like that was cool. Mm-hmm. No, it was awesome to see them just consistently, like you said, feed him when he was riding such a hot streak. And they like, kept trying to do it at the end. Like they knew how yeah, close he was. They wanted him to win it. Like yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um, but that third quarter stretch is like something that's what you want from these kind of all-star games. And then well, like we can get to the end here too, because that was like such a great moment in it in of itself. But I mean, I think everyone's mostly gonna remember that all-star game for what Steph did. Oh, for sure. He, he, like I said, he stole the show. He was a highlight of the show. It was incredible. Like you said, I think that's why I loved the Rising Stars game format because it felt more competitive for longer stretches. The thing that I do like about the NBA's all-star format is at least like towards the end of each quarter, guys are playing a little bit to get that charity aspect, right? Because the winners of each quarter, right, get the money to go to their, their respective charities that they're playing for. But again, it, it, it is more like lackluster or um, for fun, um, which is like definitely part of like the all-star game in itself too. But you'd love to maybe like stretch those competitive parts more, like try to get more of that. Uh, because I think in the fourth quarter, you, you just felt the intensity go up in the building. When we got closer to the end of the quarter, it was just insane. Like guys were working their butts off, playing defense, Curry, who, like Ben said, was so close to breaking the scoring record, was getting hounded, still got like a few good looks to where we thought they were surefire going to go in, and he wasn't able to like lock it in. And then that's perfect transition, Ben, to I think another one of the highlights was LeBron James in Cleveland with his team getting the support of the crowd, thanks to two other Cavaliers on the squad and Jared Allen, Darius Garland ends with like a fadeaway over two guys to to seal the win for team lebron and who who granted he has not lost in this new like all-star format um in terms I of think like that's another teams. cool thing about the finish there is is because of how they drafted these teams i mean jared like all due respect jared allen is not one of the 10 best guys in the league but he's on the court finishing that game because Joel Embiid is opposite of him and they mm-hmm. need someone to actually play defense now. Yeah. Jared so Allen was him, critical getting stops on, on Embiid down the stretch. So for, for him who like, he, he kind of barely made it in. I don't know how, like Jared is kind of like the same as DeJounte, like who knows how many he really gets it to for mm-hmm. him to be on the court there because of this new format in his team's home city, to close it out with LeBron doing what he did like the Cleveland legend. Yeah. That's so cool for him. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's not something we would have seen in this old format. Like all due respect to Jared, like he wouldn't have been on, he probably wouldn't have been on the court to, to end that. Like, especially it was, yeah, if it was close, there's yeah. Yeah. Or if it was even like a blowout or or whatever, Yeah, you don't know who would have been in, but he, he needed to be there because Embiid was having a great game himself. So 
I think that's like another cool highlight. But yeah, obviously you got the two kids from Akron showing out in Cleveland. Um, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, Steph was born in the was it the same hospital as LeBron? Yeah, it's the same hospital as LeBron. Um, routinely talked about on every yeah every so, single time. Those guys are on this on the court together. Um, but yeah, no, the two kids from Akron stole the show. Uh, I, I do actually love it because yes, Cleveland like was booing Steph when he got intro, but they showed him some love there at the end when he got the MVP. I, I think mean, there was so like, much better too. Like there to was see some... him do that against the booze. Like yeah, no, it was it was funny. But my thing is too, like yes, they they boot Curry, but the fans were never rooting against Curry because he was on Team LeBron with their two calves. Like everyone in Cleveland was pulling for Team LeBron. Um, I, did they want to see him win MVP? Probably not. But when he got the award, I think there was maybe you could hear like faint boost, but overall there were more cheers for him because I think even as the fans, they can kind of recognize like what the heck they just witnessed. Like it was, it was cool. Um, and obviously with, with Curry having history in, in Cleveland with the recent like finals appearances and, and wins and stuff like that. Um, it was funny to see the interaction from the crowd in that environment and how he not only responded, but how the crowd responded when he won. I thought it was pretty awesome. Okay. Ben, anything else you want to kind of talk on in terms of um, the all-star game or all-star weekend in general? No, I mean, I think Cleveland put on a great show. I think it was really, really cool to, kind of see what this level of um all-star weekend looks like in 25 years for like Mm -hmm. that nba 100 but um because obviously this wasn't something i had ever seen before so i think it was really cool to see that like you said dan just look at all the those great icons in one setting um obviously it, it did extend some things i think like potentially if they were to reevaluate, maybe not do that at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was—I thought it was a great weekend. Um, nitpicks here and there, but the NBA is constantly looking to improve their their All Star format, and um, I think it's it's trending in the right direction. And and these last two years with this uh, unique change to how they're scoring in the in the big game is, has resulted in great games. Yeah, it's that part's been awesome. The target score at the end has been phenomenal, I think, to add that that level of excitement. And and like you said, shouts out to Cleveland. I know I'm a fan, but it was a I think they did a great job putting on for for all the guys and their all-stars and families and and those legends that were present for, for the 75th anniversary. Like it was it was awesome. I think it was a great show. And funny enough, they did host the 50th anniversary. So LeBron in his post game was talking about, well, we need to get Cleveland back here for for the hundredth one which which would be kind of cool um but hey that's going to be a wrap for us again guys um it's been back-to-back episodes for ben and i we did want to get some content up for you guys so if you were interested in the trade deadline please make sure to tune into our previous episode that will yeah, it was all star break guys like the players got a breather we got yeah. a little <laughs> like we're back now season picking back up tomorrow tune in mm-hmm. the tnt thursday yeah, Ben's already hyped. He's got his Celtics on there, ready to ready to go, ready to watch. Um, I play the banged up Nets. I'm I'm ready for it. So, 
yeah, we Ben and I did enjoy our our All Star break, the deadline, and and All Star weekend. So, uh, but we're back getting this content out for you guys. So again, if you want to trade deadline news, tune into a previous episode. And this is going to be a wrap for our All Star segment. Um, please make sure to follow and uh, like us on social media, so Twitter and Instagram. Follow and tune into us wherever you guys get your podcasts. And this is the pickup.